and honor, they all belong to him. So let's go before the throne of grace right now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you forever and ever and ever. So many times we sing songs that say, if I had a thousand tongues, I would praise you with every one. But Lord, we have one tongue and we don't give you enough praise for that. Lord, your word says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And Lord, we don't. But Lord, it's just time that we just stop and give you thanks. It's time that we give you thanks. So Lord, on this morning, we want to just say thank you. Not everything in our life is going the way we want to, but Lord, that doesn't stop you from being God. It does not change who you are, your character, your being, your existence. And you only want what's best for your children, for those who call upon the name of the Lord. For you said we shall be saved. So, Father, I pray right now. I am only a vessel. I'm not you, Father, but I'm only a vessel. And I ask, Lord, use me right now. I will decrease And I ask, Lord, use me in whichever way you would have, just as you have used the musicians and the singers and those who have joined their hearts. Lord, that we can tell the world of how great a God we serve. This we pray, Lord, and we bind the enemy right now on every hand in Jesus name. Amen. We want to thank everyone that's here in the building and those who are watching on live stream by whatever venue, whether it be today, the 28th of March, or maybe you watch this at another time, another day during the week. We want to remind you to text. Um, You can give by texting um, 77977 to 80... I got to read it. O-A-W... Okay, if you didn't ask me. O-A-W-C-V-A to 77977. Uh, We also ask that if you want to, we desire that if you would connect with us by texting OA Connect to 549 or excuse me, 545498. And we know that here in Virginia Beach, uh, just a few days ago, there was a tragic shooting. Um, There were a couple of fatalities and other people were injured. Maybe you know one of those people or were connected somehow. And those are the kind of kind of things that we need to be kept. We need to keep other people in prayer because we never know who's connected to somebody else. It could be a coworker. It could have been a neighbor. Could have been someone you saw earlier in the day at the supermarket. It's like, I know that person or I've seen that person. So we we're not asking you by by texting to us. We're not saying, okay, now you're joined to this church. No, we're just trying to connect in the body of Christ. Because each one of us right now, and if we think it's something that we need or it's something that we're asking God, I need help in this area and I need help with someone else to, to connect with me in prayer. So please reach out to us, reach out to us and we will join with you in prayer. All right. So we're going to continue on in our wide series, and that is walking in dominion every day. Walking in dominion every day. We don't walk in dominion on Sundays only. We don't walk in dominion on Wednesday nights for our midweek momentum. We need to walk in momentum every day because I'm telling you, you really need to walk in dominion on Monday morning. 
don't you? Because <laughs> when you're thinking, man, the weekend is over already. I got to deal with this traffic. I have to deal with my boss. I mean, and I'm, I, love, I love my job, so I, it's not like that for me. But we have to walk in dominion every day. I want to start off with a couple of background scriptures. Let's look at John for you that have your Bibles or your phones or your iPads, whichever way that you uh, like to read your Bible or read the word of God, should I say. I want to give us two foundational scriptures. One Pastor Wendy has been using uh, throughout her teachings, uh, and she's done a dynamic job of bringing us up to this point in the wide series. But we're going to begin today, and I'm going to use for a title, Dominion over my domain. Dominion over my domain. So I'm going to pray this prayer while y'all are looking. I'm going to pray this prayer and y'all just kind of listen to my prayer. All right. And y'all can agree with me. You can say amen at the end. Lord. If you just send me. I preach your word to the multitudes, to the millions, to the billions and all that you put me in front of. But what about your neighbor next door? Well, I told him, God bless you one time, and they ain't asked me to go to church. But Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. I'll go and I'll tell him about Jesus. Well, what about your cousin that needs your help? Well, Lord, as soon as they give me back that $20 and that Pyrex dish I, owed, I loaned them, I'll help them out. Well, when you're ready to do what I ask you to do, we can continue this conversation. Is that how we look at God sometimes? We say, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And God says, you see that piece of trash over there? I need you to go pick that up and put it in, put it in the trash can. No, Lord, that's, that's the deacon's job. That's what they have custodial services for. We're not willing to do the small things that God asks us to do. Go over there and speak to that person because they're having a hard day. No, uh-uh. They, they don't. They look like they're a snap on me. They're probably carrying a pistol. But God is saying that we need to have dominion over our domain. Whatever I give you charge of, whatever is in front of you, you need to take dominion over that. Don't worry about the multitudes. God is putting you in charge of certain things. And he says, if you are faithful over the few things, then I'll make you ruler over many. So in John chapter four, I'm, I'm my apologies. I didn't give you that to you ahead of time. John chapter four, verse 24. That's in the New Testament. John chapter 24. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. John chapter four, verse 24. And there's a lot of dialogue going on between Jesus and this woman who is a Samaritan, she's asking, you know, how is it that you can talk to me being a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman? There's a whole history behind that, which I won't get into. But he ends up telling her God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But the key is God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Now, let's go all the way back to the beginning where Pastor Wendy started off to Genesis chapter one, verse twenty six. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And again, the New King James Version. What does it say at the beginning? Now then, God said, let us make man in our image. 
Let us make man in our image. But in John 24, what does it say? God is a spirit. Amen. So if we're made in God's image and God is a spirit, then what are we? We are spirit. It just so happens. God said, well, you know, you you have to work. You have to go about. So I'm going to give you a fleshly body. To go about and do the things you have to do. Well, you know something? If it wasn't for Adam, we wouldn't have to work. If it wasn't for Adam and Eve's sin in the garden, we wouldn't have to work. No, wrong. Because God gave them charge over the garden and told them to keep it. So work was part of life anyway. So we can't blame Adam and Eve for what happened for saying, oh, now I have to work with this this fleshly body. No. God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit and truth, but we are made in his image. So we have to be more kingdom minded and more heavenly minded. Remember, we are a spirit. We are a spirit. And I'm telling you, in 60 years of living and 40 years of being saved, it's a hard concept to grasp. Especially when you have to get up in the morning and you and it sounds like Rice Krispies getting out of bed. <laughs> You're like, this is what a spirit sounds like. But we are a spirit and that is our connection to God. God, we must think more godly minded and less fleshly minded. Yes, we have to bathe. We have to eat. We have to sleep. But we have to be more kingdom minded. Whatever God does, the decision he makes are based upon basically two things. Basically two things. Be it his word and our prophecy and our prayers. Our prayers move God. Our prayers move God. Look throughout the Old Testament. God was going to do one thing, but Moses went in prayer and God said, no, I changed my mind. God was going to do one thing. And and Abraham, excuse me. Yeah, Abraham, God said he was going to destroy Sodom. And God said, no. He said, well, if I can find 50, he's like, yeah, I'll do it for 50. Well, what if I find 45? He said, OK, I'll do it for 45. And he got it all the way down. But God changed his mind based upon his prayers. So we can change how God is going to operate. Why? Because we are connected with God by the way of being spirit. And this is how we we are. Uh, we have dominion over our domain, our spiritual domain. But when it comes to our daily lives, and I did this, it could have changed, but I did this a couple of years ago, that on average, a human being, an adult human being, makes 35,000 decisions every single day. Each one of us will make 35,000 decisions every day. Right now, we made a decision because I couldn't get the, the, the air conditioner right. Young lady said, it's cold in here. I got to go get a coat. That was a decision she made. Blink. Eat. Walk, chew, crawl, hamburgers, fish, stand, sit. We make all of these decisions every single day. And and most of them, we don't even think about them. We don't even think about them. Lean on this. Stand like this. Fold your arms. But, you know, these decisions, so many of them don't really matter. They really don't matter. And they're insignificant to the person next to you. Even your loved one or that one you're united with in matrimony. I could care less whether you crack your knuckles or not. That's not going to get me anywhere in life. 
But where we make our mistakes are when someone says, hey, can you come over tomorrow and help me with such and such? And you go, yeah, sure. And then you stay up until one o'clock in the morning watching TV or playing on the computer and doing the things you do. Then they're asking you, be at my house at seven o'clock. Be at my house at seven o'clock, meaning you have to get up at probably six, do what you have to do to get yourself ready. And, you know, God automatically got bumped out. You ain't, you ain't getting no devotional time in. So you're going to eat your breakfast. You got to drive over there. But the decision that I made the night before staying up so late is causing me not to be able to do what I need to do for that person. Come come one o'clock, I'm burned out. And so that hinders me from being a full time blessing to this person. Because they're like, wow, man, I thought you were going to be here for me. You're like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. You know, it was a long week. No, you stayed up late last night. So we have to be so conscious about the decisions that we make. Yeah, whether you have the pork or the fish really doesn't matter. Watch your blood pressure. You know how we need to do. But we have to have dominion over our domain. Watch your physical body as well. The the thing that we need to get to, and I kind of mentioned it in our prayer is, We need to learn to get back to the basics. We need to learn to get back to the basics. How many of us, except for one person in this room, how many of us can still do subtraction and division with a pencil and paper? Okay. (laughs) All right, y'all. Y'all then blew my illustration all out the water. (laughs) But we're so used to pulling out calculators and using our phone. You want to give a tip in a, in a restaurant, it's automatically there for you. You got an app for it or the computer does it when they bring it to you. But how many of us can do basic things like that? How many of us can still parallel park? <laughs> okay. Hmm. Numbers are getting thinner. Um, how many of you can tell clock? can tell time on a clock that only has one arm, the short arm. There's a way you can do it. It's the way you can do it. And and I'll just say real quick, if that short arm is between two numbers, you know that if it's like between the 12 and the 1, you know it's 1230. Think about it. So anyway, as I was saying before, we have to get back to the basics. Romans 12 and 1 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The old self says, cuss them out and they'll leave you alone. You just cuss them. People tell you, cuss them out one time, man. They'll leave you alone. They won't mess with you no more. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. Those are the basic things. And and when we praise God, we give God glory, then it doesn't make our problems go away. But it it brings about a connection, that connection that says, I am a spirit because I'm made in my father's image. And when I connect with him like that and he's like, if you stay connected with me like that, whatever you ask me for. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the father in my name, I'll give it to you. And it's not just material things, it's spiritual things. So my first point is this. In walking in our dominion, 
having dominion over my domain. My first point is this. It starts with me. It starts with me. And this is a hard this is a hard rule, a hard rule to follow, because Jesus even said, why are you trying to get the speck out of your brother's eye when you got a beam in your own? It's I'm telling you, we can find a whole lot of people we need to fix. A whole lot of people in our lives that we need to fix right now. And y'all, too. There's some people in your lives that you you need to fix. When you get the right chance. So let's go to. First Corinthians chapter nine, beginning at verse 24. First Corinthians chapter nine, beginning at verse 24. And I, and I like the way I heard somebody say it. I have the new King James version. You may have the King James or the NIV, the New Living Translation. It's going to read a little bit differently, but we're, go, we're all going to end up in the same place. Again, first Corinthians chapter nine, beginning at verse 24. When you have it, say I have it. Okay, I need a few more. <laughs> all right, because I want us all to be together. All right, beginning at verse 24. Verse 24 says, do you not know that those who run the race. Oh, excuse me. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you can obtain it. Verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. Verse 27, and I bring it unto into subjection. Lest when I have preached unto others, I myself should be disqualified. So let me break this down for you. Number one, verse 24, when he says that all run, but only one achieves the prize. If you look at that in the natural, it's like, so all of us are running, only one of us is going to heaven? No, Paul is using the analogy as he does throughout a lot of his writing. He uses soldiers in Ephesians chapter six. He says, put on the whole armor of God. He's just using the analogy. He's saying that I've got to run this race. I don't want a certificate that just says, oh, I competed. Or, or you go through a class and it says this is a certificate of uh, participation or completion. You want to say I graduated at the top of my class. I graduated. Was it magna cum laude? I graduated <laughs> and left. <laughs> but it's just saying run as hard and as Somebody finally got it. some. He's just saying run as hard as you can because you want to get the top prize. Run as if you were trying to beat everybody else to get to heaven. But then he says that the runner who runs is temperate in all things. Temperate is nothing more than saying I'm disciplined because a runner has to know they've got to get the right amount of rest. They've got to eat the right amount of food. They've got to practice running, even though that's what you're doing. You've got to practice running. But then he goes on to say, we do this not for an imperishable crown, for a perishable crown, but a imperishable. In other words, the crown that you get here on earth is going to fade away. Now, the Bible talks about many crowns, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the crown of life, the crown of rejoicing. And this one here. But then the last thing I want to cover in verse 27 
He says, I need to preach this to others, but in myself, unless I become disqualified. So what does he mean by becoming disqualified? So if, if I fall, does this mean that I lose my salvation? Does it mean that if I'm weakened and I don't do what I need to do, that I'm not going to make it to heaven? No, it's not about your salvation. And this is where I myself fell prey to this for many years, thinking that, oh, I've sinned. Now I have to give my life to Christ again. The Bible says if we confess our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. In fact, verse 8 says if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. We don't practice sin. But he says, but if we do sin, when we do sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And Jesus knows what we're going to, the Bible tells us, God knows what you're going to pray even before you pray it. But being disqualified, what, is, what does that mean? Sometimes it's, it's a matter of our prayer life. And it's like, Lord, I don't, I don't feel like my prayers are being answered. Sometimes it's, it's in our relationships why we become disconnected. Or different ventures that we get into and we're wondering why we feel like we're pushing up against a brick wall. It's because we're not being obedient to God. And God's saying, and... and It's because we're not being obedient to God, God's saying, look, I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm not cursing you, but I'm not going to give you stuff when you're not going to be obedient to what I'm asking you to do. So there's a push and there's a tug. And people are like, oh, this is happening to you because you're living in sin. Oh, you're living in sin. No, God's saying, you know something? Why don't you go to bed at 10 o'clock? Oh, Lord, uh, you know, but, you know, I want to watch Jimmy Fallon. You know, I know. And then, and then God's saying, go to bed. Why are you eating at 1030, 11 o'clock at night? Well, you know, Lord, you know, I got to eat this cake before it goes bad. <laughs> go get you another cake. Throw that one away and get you another one. And these little things, well, you, we get up the next morning. It's like, oh, I'm going to just roll over. I'm going to roll over. And guess what? Like I said, but we're going to make sure we're out, we're dressing, we're out the door, and we're at the man's office, we're at work at the time the man says. But guess who got bumped out? God. And God's like, until you put me into that equation, I can't bless you because that's contrary to my character. That's not who I am. So y'all understand that we, it's not that God is cursing us. He's just saying, I'm, I mean, think about it like a child. It's like, as soon as you get up off that floor, it's, okay, I'm going to let you cry. <laughs> and you know, the old days is like, okay, you want something to cry about? <laughs> but it's like, as soon as you get up and start doing what I tell you to do, then you'll see the blessings. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I want to back this up with 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is talking about the foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And if you have time, please go back and read starting at verse 11. But I'm going to pick up at verse 14. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 14. And he says, if anyone's work. Now, remember, we don't work for our salvation. We are saved by grace. Say grace. grace. We are saved by grace. We don't have to work 
to get saved. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we're saved. We are saved. We don't have to work. But once we are saved, we're all saying, man, I'm so glad. I want to tell somebody else about Jesus. I want to go out and I want to feed the hungry. And we want to do those things. And that's what it means by those works. But if anyone's work which he has built on endures, they will receive a reward. In verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, because the Bible tells us that when we stand before God, all of our works will be put to fire. But if they're put to fire or if they're burned, we will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet as through fire. So this is where we have missed it so many times. We think that because we sin, I've lost I've lost touch with God and I'm bound for hell. No. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here. Please do not ask me, well, if I do this these many times, am I going to? I'm not going to tell you. Because me and Pastor Wendy were joking on the way to church. God looks, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. Are you trying to stop doing what you're doing? And people are like, oh, man, you did this. You know, God hates that sin. Okay. Do you hate that person because of what they're doing? then your heart is bad as what they're doing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because we, we want to we classify. The Bible says, Jesus said, the only unforgivable sin is blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. In other words, to reject the work that, Holy, that the Holy Spirit did in revealing Jesus Christ to the world. That's the only unforgivable sin. But then we want to start ranking sin after that. Oh, you committed adultery. And, and the first thing to come out of our mouth, oh, if you're smoking and you're drinking. OK, you see that. But if we hold bitterness in our heart, Peter said, Lord, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Seven times. I remember seeing a woman back in the 80s was physically crippled. She was she was a young, beautiful woman. And when I say young and beautiful, she was probably in her mid 50s, early 60s. Beautiful woman. And she was her body was just bound up and come to find out she saw her, I believe her brother kill her father and she never forgave her brother. And she was just bound up because she refused to release that. So we've got to learn to take that dominion over our domain. I have the ability to forgive you. But yet I hold it. But yet we want to rank and say, oh, you committed adultery, but you smoked. Well, you drank or you're a homosexual. You're hanging out in the club. You cheated on your wife. And we want to start classifying. Well, if I did this then and God forgave me here and no. Release it. Take dominion over our domain. And then finally, Revelations chapter five. Revelations chapter five. And the Bible does say Romans Chapter six, verse one, it says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Because we know in Romans six, it talks all about that war between the spirit and the flesh. If we want to continue to sin and trust me, the heart issues are hard. They are so hard. That's why it says we have to renew the mind. But if we continue to say, well, you know something, I'm going to just do this anyway, because the blood of Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. That's a dangerous place to be in. 
it's a dangerous place to be in. But if we, if we give our heart and say, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore, and we stumble, God's saying, okay, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. But in Revelation chapter 3, beginning at verse 5, he says, and this is Jesus speaking this in red letters, if you read it in um, those Bibles that have that, he says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will what? I will what? What, what version y'all reading? He who overcomes shall be clothed in white clothing, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Yes, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> but I will do what? I will what? Okay, I will not. But then he goes on to say, but I will what? Confess his name or her name before the father and before the angels. So our names are written in the, in the book of life. But remember when I mentioned before about the rewards? There are rewards that we will gain in heaven. Now, some of you all know people, especially uh, like Saint. You, you see, I, when, when I graduated college, we were like the Flintstones. That's how long it's been. But, <laughs> but you know people that it's like, hey. You're going to take the final exam and they go, no, 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 because even if I get a zero on it, I'll still have a 91 grade, 91 grade average, which is still an A. I'm not even going to take the final exam. It's like, cool. And I'm sitting here struggling. I mean, I got to write notes on my hand. I got to cheat to pass this test. But they can just like, hey, I don't care. But do you want do we want to play those kind of games with guys like it's like, are you going to church today? It's like, nah, you know. I went twice last week, so I'm good with God this week. How close do we want to get to the edge with God saying, I think I can make it. I think I can go without that. In 1999, I was leaving California, making a four, a four day drive back to Virginia. And my first stop was the Grand Canyon. Beautiful. Absolutely. If you've never been to the Grand Canyon, it is absolutely beautiful. But when you first come into the park on the west side of it, you drive out and you start looking through the trees and you see this just, it's just majesty. It's just, words just can't explain. But I pulled into this one parking lot and they have the little curb stops. But past the curb stops, if you just kept walking, you would fall into the Grand Canyon. There's, there, at this time in 1999, there was no railing, no banister. So it's like, how close to the edge do I want to get? But as you go to other parts of the park, yes, there are safety barriers. It's like, how close to the edge do you want to get to see what you want to see? It's like, no, I'm good back here. So understand where we are in Christ. But we have to take dominion over our domain and, and, try, and push everything else to the side. Some things, yeah, that we want in life. But understand what's important to God and remember that we are a spirit. We have a fleshly body, but we are a spirit. Point number two. Now that I've looked at me, now it's time for me to look out and love. Look out and love. Because we can spend all day praying about ourselves 
And it's a good thing that we get ourselves right with God to get that beam out of my eye before I try to get the speck out of yours. But let's let's look at First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. Beginning at verse 12. And again, I'm reading from the same version, same version. And Paul writes and he says, and we urge you, brethren and sisters, to recognize those that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14. And we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint hearted, faint hearted, uphold the weak and be patient with all. I want to focus mainly, primarily um, on verse 14. He says, warn those who are unruly. All right. Everybody put your thinking caps on. How many of you, by show of hands, there is a person right now that, and, and other versions says a person who's lazy. There's a person in your life that you say, I need to sit down and talk with them because I see some things in their life that they need to change. I'm not talking about blasting them. I'm not talking about cussing them out. I'm saying you need to have a heart to heart talk with this person because there's some things in their lives they need to change. How many of you know somebody right now that you need to talk to to help them out? Amen. You're not you're not going to do anything. You're going to do everything in a godly way. So that when you walk away, you can hug and say, I love you. And if you need me, I'm here for you. But he's saying, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. So how many different areas are we looking at? We're talking about warn, comfort, uphold, and be patient. Warn, comfort, uphold, and be patient. Are we talking about four different people? That could all be the same person. It could all be the same person. Because as I'm learning, as I grow older, I'm learning more about myself. I realize that there are layers in me. And some people can be so tough and so hard on the outside that you have to warn them and and tear off that hard exterior on them and then you realize on the inside that they needed comforting that they're struggling with certain things in their lives and so they put up this this defense mechanism that says I'm not going to let you get inside of me Pastor Wendy and I were watching one of our favorite shows uh, FBI the other night and one of the agents was in the lobby of the the main building and I missed the first part of the show but some guy had walked in and grabbed an agent and put a bomb around her neck, this collar around her neck, and strapped all these explosives to her. So the key thing was, okay, we've got the kingpin, the drug kingpin, locked in upstairs in interrogation. Now, do we take him away, interrogate him, lock him up, and he's got the answer or the code, or do we and let her die, or do we release him for the sake of saving her life? 
So they go through, you know, Hollywood is like, okay, well, how do we find this person? Well, it's a detonator and all this other stuff. Well, they finally find this guy who's got a detonator. So they go in there with weapons drawn, handcuffs, and all this other stuff, and they grab the guy, and they're ready to arrest him, and they're ready to beat him up because one of their own is about to be killed. There's, there's no saving her if this bomb goes off. There is no saving her. And when they grab him, his response is, do with me what you want. Because if I don't blow this person up, they're going to kill my family. So we want to look at this man as though he wants to kill this woman and he doesn't want to do it. He's only trying to protect his own family. So we can't take it at face value. And that's 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 a movie. That's Hollywood. But how many times is it like I said, people can put on certain airs and they can put on certain um, attitudes when really is something in them that's hurting deeper. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because some people uh, are really weak on the inside. And we don't know it. And of course, we need to learn to be patient with all. So my first point was, it starts with me, but then we also have to look out for each other in love. I want to close and I want to use this illustration. How many of you have ever flown on a plane before? All right. It's been a while. It's been a while for me, but maybe you've either flown on a plane or you've seen somebody on a plane or you've watched a movie where somebody was on the plane. But maybe if you're watching over across the skies and you see a plane, maybe you'll think of this. But when you get on, they have what they call pre-flight pre instructions. And a flight attendant will stand in front of you and they'll give you some things to do or some things to follow, some rules to follow. While that while you're actually on that plane. So the first one they'll tell you is this. While you're seated, keep your seatbelt on. While you're seated, keep your seatbelt on. So what's the how how is that relevant? God is saying, as long as you are walking with me, you need to keep your belt on. Now, God understands that. Yeah, you want to go to the gym. Maybe you want to go visit some family. Maybe you want to go to the movies. You want to go to a nice restaurant. But other than that, you need to make sure you keep your belt on. You need to keep yourself locked into me. Why? Because it's for your own good. Then they point out to the rear of the plane and to the front of the plane, there's two exits. If you don't think that you can operate those exit doors because they're heavy and they're bulky, it may not be easy for you to operate. If you can't operate those doors, please exchange the seats with someone who can you mean to tell me this plane could go down? Guess what? Even the best godly people get in some bad situations. And maybe you can't get out on your own and you need help. It's, it's nothing wrong with saying, I can't do this. It's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know how to get out of the situation. Help, get somebody to help you. But guess what? Whether I'm sitting beside that door or I'm sitting on the next row over, when that plane hits the ground, I'm still getting off. They'll tell you if there is a drop in cabin pressure, a mask will drop down. But make sure you put your mask on first 
before you try to assist the person next to you. Because I'll reach over and get that mask on you and just that quick, I'll be dead. So make sure we take care of ourselves before we help other people. And does that mean everything in my life is going to be perfect before I can be a witness for Jesus? No. If that's the case, I'll never open my mouth. Then they tell you, get yourself ready, get into the crash position. Because this plane, any event that it goes down, the Bible tells us be instant in season and out of season. Because you never know. You never know when tragedy may strike your life. Be ready. Then they tell you, turn off all electronic devices. If there is something in your life that's distracting you and could interfere with, with your relationship with God because they tell you to turn those off, not because they don't want you to, to have a good time. I mean, who wants to be cramped? I mean, really, do you look forward to be cramped like this for four hours? No, you don't want to be like that. But it's just that those signals can interfere with what the what the pilot has to do. And 60, 70, 200 people can die because you have your phone on. So please turn off anything that is a distraction between you and God. Two more. They will tell you no tampering with those electronic devices in the laboratories, the bathrooms. Revelations, the very last chapter, I don't know the verse, whatever. It says that anyone who adds to the word of God, so will I add the plague, plagues to your life. Anyone who takes away from the word of God, he says, I will also take away those blessings from them. Don't mess with God's word. Don't mess with God's people. Don't mess with what the spirit of God is doing. If, you, if we don't agree, if we don't understand, let's find out what God is trying to do. And then the last thing they tell you before they close, before they get ready to embark and push the plane off, they'll tell you, if you have any questions in the seat pocket in front of you, there's an instruction card and you can refer to that. And I'm telling you, if you have any questions, look at the word of God that's sitting right in front of you. Go back to the word and see what the word says. So we have to learn to take dominion over our domain. And we'll be surprised when we start laying aside Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2. Hebrews 12 and 1 tells us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Lay it aside. I'm beginning to learn more and more what's important in life and what's not. So I hope you all got something out of this. I hope you all understood that you are a spirit and 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 we are so divinely we we are connected even more so than we are connected with our own physical parents the ones that brought us into this life we are connected with God and I can't em emphasize enough that there is a war going on between your spirit and your flesh and not because you are you it's the same for me. Anyone that you see is having that same struggle. Anyone who says, I'm a Christian, is having that same struggle. But David said, thy word have I hid in my heart 
that I might not sin against me, against you, Lord. But when we find ourselves wanting to continue in that, and I'm telling you, I've had those same struggles. Psalms 19 verse 13 says, keep your servant from presumptuous sin or that intentional sin. Keep me, Lord, from the things that I'm, I'm planning on doing that I know that you don't like. And then the next verse, he says, verse 14, but let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in pleasing in your sight. Because guess what? Everything that I do begins first with a thought. Everything that I plan on doing first begins with a thought. So if my thoughts are good, then It'll keep me away from verse 13, that presumptuous sin. So we thank you on today and we challenge you to take dominion. Even in the small areas, you're not going to go out tomorrow and change the world and change your whole life. But it's a process. It's a process. And it begins with simple things. I know myself. One of the things I have to start doing is I have to start walking every day. That's that's an area of my life for my own physical health, because and, and I've had to learn this principle. Just because my daddy had diabetes and my brother has diabetes, it's not to say that I have diabetes or I'm going to get it. Because what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? It says by his stripes, I'm healed. And I have it within my ability. I have it within my ability. Who's to say that what's stopping me from getting out and walking? And my doctor tells me to do that because and, and, and I forgot to say this in my message. We are so quick. And I talked about the renewing of our minds. We are so quick to say, oh, man, you, you, you can't go see that person. Why? Man, that's wrong. Wait a minute. So you have a toothache. And you go see a dentist, right? You got a cavity. You go see a dentist. You need a cleaning. You go see a dentist. All right. Well, before you go get that job, they say, well, before you get this job, you need to go have a physical. So you go see a family doctor. Whether it's patient first or now care or your own primary care physician. You do those things. But as soon as somebody says, well, you need to go through some counseling. Oh, no, 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 no. And we have this whole thing misconstrued that those people are of the devil. Wait a minute. It's okay to, to have a doctor work on your teeth and a doctor to work on your body, but you can't let a doctor work on your mind. What's, I, what's the difference? We think that because we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover but I need to know how did I get here how did I get here to this place because sometimes we get lost on certain roads it's like you know something when I have time I'm gonna go back on that road again and I want to figure out where I missed that turn and that's what we need to do that's part of renewing our mind oh you know I'm, I'm gonna talk to my brother you know Cause man, me and him are tight. We can always talk. But my brother, my brother ain't got no degree. We grew up in the same house. He got his own problems. 
So I just wanted to add that. But again, we want to thank you all for joining us on the day. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone that the words that I've spoken, Lord, were seeds that will produce fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I believe you, God, that the words that I've spoken, Lord, will bring life. Not from my lips, Lord, but from you, from your heart to theirs. And Lord, for someone that did not understand what I said on today, perhaps it's because their minds have not been renewed and their minds can't be renewed because their spirit is not new. So I want to pray this prayer. If you have been in church, but yet have not received Christ, in other words, the church is not in you. Perhaps it's because you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or perhaps you've gone to church when you were a child, but yet you've strayed away. So I want to pray this prayer with you to either accept Jesus or to rededicate your life. Just pray with me this prayer. And it doesn't matter if you're watching on, on social media and you're sitting there in your bathrobe or you're laying on across your bed or you're at the coffee table or you're sitting in your car in the parking lot at Walmart. Just pray this prayer. Say, Dear Father, I thank you now that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. Nothing I can do is deserving of your love, but by your grace, I receive this gift that promises me eternal life. Lord Jesus, I receive the gift. Come into my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And for everyone else, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thanks again for watching. And again, we hope to see you again. And don't forget to connect with us. And as the Lord leads, we pray that at some time, sow a seed into this ministry. And it's not for me. It's for the kingdom. I promise you that. It's not for me. It's not for Pastor Wendy. It's for the kingdom because we, we believe in reaching out past these four walls. Amen. So thank you, and we hope to see you again. Amen. So it's giving time. Whether you're giving in person, uh, a swipe, a check, a cash. If you don't have the church app, you can go ahead and use that. I know that's my preferred way of giving. Makes it easy. I actually gave my um, gave my offering yesterday. While, like while I was thinking about it. What was that? Amen. Oh.
Pastor Wendy? Uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Pastor Wendy. Oh, okay. No, I was saying the front of it wasn't filled, but I thought you just gave me it. <laughs> okay. All right. I want to challenge everyone. I want to give everyone a very, very simple challenge. And and I'm not the prime example, so don't look at me like that. But speak to somebody on this week that you don't know, even if they're not even looking at you. Speak to somebody that you normally wouldn't speak to, even if they don't wait, because... I was standing in my driveway the other day and my neighbors were like two driveways over. And I'm like, well, when, when, when I get their attention, when they look at me, then I'll speak to them. And they, like one of them would look at me and then they would turn away. Then another one looking at me. And I just kind of like putting stuff in the trash can. And, and you know something? I never spoke to them. And I'm like, and I have a word for myself and the Lord told me stop saying it. When I do stupid stuff like that, I put on my red fox voice and I say to myself, you big dummy. <laughs> and I keep, when I do little silly things, foolish things like that, I keep saying to myself, you big dummy. And it's like, why didn't you just speak to him and just say, hey, how y'all doing? But you could just be walking in the store and somebody's re reaching over, looking at something. Just walk by and it's like, hey, how you doing? Speak to somebody. And get their attention. You just, we just don't know how much that may impact their life. Amen. So it's a simple challenge, and you don't have to do it just once. Do it as many times as you can. All right. If everyone is ready, we go ahead and uh, thank you, Sister Dorothy. We appreciate you. So let us look to the Lord. I'm, I will we'll bless the offering and give our uh, benediction. Pastor Wynn, did you have something? Oh. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, the word on today. Um, and again, we're speaking to an existence that you have spoken to your people, whether they were here or virtually. And we thank you. Lord, I know that um, I challenged by what I've been challenged by what you have said and vowed to do better. Um, we all have room for improvement in our lives, to take dominion over our lives and help others along the way. Not that we'll ever be perfect in this life, but that doesn't stop us from helping someone else. Just being kind, just being loving and being understanding, being patient with all and loving and comforting others. So as we move forward throughout this day and throughout this week, Lord, not forgetting um, what else is to come, 